Hello and welcome back to the Think Business Podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. As communities across the world begin to transition out of lockdown, Irish software company ParkOffice.io has adapted its software to ensure employers mitigate risks for employees who are commuting to offices. The founder of the company, Garrett Flower, is a serial entrepreneur who has already established companies like Crust Bakery and Park PNP. He tells me about his latest venture and his thoughts on entrepreneurship in Ireland. Garrett, I suppose the best way to say you started as an entrepreneur is back at school and something to do with noodles. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, John. Um, good, good to chat to you again. Uh, yeah, it all all started back in the day. Um, I I went to boarding school in Wilson's Hospital in Westmead, and I found a gap in the market in the noodle business. And <laughs> what I found was just before, um, just after the study time. Uh, everyone was very hungry. And what I used to do is I snuck a microwave into uh, the school with a friend of mine, Mike, and we actually um, started making noodles and selling them. So we'd buy them for about 12 cents and sell them for two euros. So there was, <laughs> it was my first taste of, of good margin. <laughs> and and like like your your entrepreneurial journey, how did it begin in Dublin? Like, because when I when I first started writing about you, I was writing about Park PNP, but then I re- you you came into my offices one day with a big box of donuts from Crust Bakery, and you went, you went, oh, I founded that too. So how how did you how did you how did you basically begin in business? What was the 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 stuff that got you creating companies with ease? Um, it's it's a it's a good question. I think necessity. First and foremost was the was the answer. I suppose my family, you know, were, were going through difficult times and, and cash flow wasn't wasn't too good. And I suppose I was always trying to figure out ways of getting pocket money for myself, whether it was in school or, you know, in college when I when I was up in Dublin, I found that people were always staying over in my apartment in, in Temple Bar. Now, you know, rent prices weren't what they are today and you know, we crammed uh, four Longford lads into a, a two-bed apartment in town. You know, so but we had lots of people coming over, and and um, one opportunity I spotted was that in America they have this business model where if you charge money in, people get free food and free alcohol. And so I started doing that in the apartment and uh, started picking up. You know, it was like forty people on average would show up each night, and we did it two to three times a week, and. We, we agreed a deal with the local nightclub where people could come in for free. If I brought 40 people, they could all get in for free when usually it was 10 euros. And uh, so it was a great deal. People could come in, they'd uh, get free food, free alcohol, and then free into the club after and skip the queue. So, you know, I had a steady stream of people. It was a good cash business. <laughs> and that was that was really my first experience of of organizing a business in college. Uh, then after I, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to have good friends. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, Devin Hughes, who's also very entrepreneurial minded and runs by me, uh, which is growing quite quickly at the moment in Ireland. Myself and himself decided we'd go into business together once college ended. And, you know, we, we tried everything from importing golf products from China to, to LED lights from America and selling them into pharmacies. So, you know, within a space of three years, we tried a number of different businesses to try and see if any of them would get off the ground. And, you know, it, it took a lot of imagination, a lot of perseverance and hard work. Like we were still working 
you know, five to seven day weeks in, in, you know, electricity, hard rock cafe, you know, tough jobs and, uh, and trying to get something off the ground. So I think a big part of why I started was necessity, but then I realized I absolutely enjoyed it, John. You know, I loved doing what I was doing. I loved the creativity and trying to problem solve and to make something happen. I suppose you, what you're relating to there in crust, I, I met a, I tried to set up an entrepreneur society in the college I went to. And after, after, uh, after a year, I, I sent out an email saying, would anyone like to join this society? And I got one email back <laughs> and that email was from, uh, my, my new co-founder in, in Crust Bakery, uh, a guy called Rob Kramer, he, uh, he was an Austrian who baked pastries and we, he, I invited him over to the apartment and he brought over these mini pastries and uh, we started, you know, I started eating them and thought, Jesus, these are delicious. And, you know, I just said, well, why don't we sell these across Dublin? <laughs> and so as, as we, that's what we did for the next couple of weekends. We baked in my apartment and sold baskets of pastries across, uh, I think it was 30 different cafes. Um, and that was the start of crust, which, which survived to this day. It's, uh, eight years old. I, I did sell my stake in it a year and a half ago. Um, and I'm out of it now, but mm. it's a good business that employed, you know, hundreds of people over the years. And we, we had set up coffee shops. Uh, we, we had, uh, Tesco contract nationwide for donuts, uh, supplied into apple greens and super values as far down as Dingle, powered uh, mm. bread. You know, I, I I remember at the time, you know, uh, John, I was trying to get you to write a story about how we we uh, were the first bakery in the world to accept Bitcoin <laughs> as a smart bakery, and uh, oh my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we were also. Um, we were also trying, we, we launched the Cronut, which is the croissant donut. Uh, so, so innovation was always something I was fond of. And that led me now into technology where, where I'm very happy um, to be growing uh, Park PMP and also Park Office, which is, mm. you know, scaling quite quickly. Well, we'll get to that now in a moment, but the Park PMP idea I remember came about through you trying to find a parking spot in Ranelagh or somewhere and having to knock on a door and ask for a space. Is that correct? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I'm originally from Longford and when, when I moved up to Dublin, I lived in the city centre and it was only really when I... I uh, started seeing my now fiance that uh, she got sick of getting the bus into town all the time so <laughs> so i decided to buy a car and, and the first day actually with the car we were driving and i was trying to find a space in ranla to park and to get some food and it turned out that like i don't know if you've driven through ranla it's an absolute nightmare to find parking we were we were driving up and down past uh, i think smith's smith's pub there and couldn't find a parking anywhere 20 to 25 minutes up and down just getting very frustrated and you know cursing the fact that i actually bought this car you know totally regretting it and yeah. sorry for yourself <laughs> yeah yeah and and then i i started to see all this space in front of people's homes and and they big driveways and i just thought you know what i'm going to chance my arm here and i drove into one and knocked on the door and this kind lady came out and I just asked her, look, is there any chance I could just leave the car here 
uh, for a few hours. And she, like, surprisingly, she was like, yeah, no problem. So <laughs> after uh, a few hours, I came back with um, a tenner and chocolates and uh, I gave her, <laughs> knocked on the door, gave it to her. And she said, wow, geez, I should do this all the time. And that's when the idea came for for Park PMP. Um, I, I suppose you know I I was a, a rel- relatively uh, I was one of the first to list my uh, apartment in on Airbnb uh, in Dublin. Actually, I was one of the first. I think it was one of the first hundred. Um, I got a badge for it and everything. <laughs> um, one of the first hundred <laughs> listers on Airbnb, and I was used to that model. And I thought, why why aren't they doing it for parking? So. So that's how Park PMP uh, started, and um, and it allowed it's grown now in the last four years to to be the number one parking marketplace in in Ireland. We we have over seventy five thousand users and uh, over twenty five thousand parking spaces across the country, which people can rent. So that that was very successful for us, and it's grown uh, consistently. Uh, we have a presence in Belgium and the Netherlands, and uh, the, the 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 most exciting thing about the about Park PMP is actually the team. So we have a very innovative team, John, and we've been able to create a host of other solutions since. And one of those, and, and one we're really focused on right now, is called Park Office. And essentially what we found out was that there's a huge amount of parking space um, in this closed market, as, a, as we call it. So inside of offices that are 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 never used. So if you drive into work and look around the car park, there's a good chance that there'll be between 20 and 40% of those spaces empty every single day. If you do the maths, it's it's there's actually the same amount of parking spaces, the same size market of parking spaces in the closed market across the US as there is the open market. Mm. So if you if the open market is worth over 100 billion uh, annually, and yet this closed market, you have 20 to 40 percent of spaces empty every single day. It's an enormous market. And what we found was we, we created this clever solution that we offer out to large uh, and mid-market companies across the world that allows them to manage their parking spaces better in the office uh, called parkoffice.io. So essentially, we're eliminating that 20 to 40 percent inefficiency uh, more employees are getting those spaces better, uh, better, more efficient, and easier than ever, and um, and so it's improving employee happiness. There's none of that frustration. I mean, we we're working now with some of the leading Fortune 500 companies um, in America, and we I'll give you an example. We have one client and a large tech company, uh, one of the bigger bigger ones in the world, um, and they they. They have five and a half thousand people arriving at the office every day. One of the smartest companies in the world. Okay, and um, in 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 the past, what happened was their employees would arrive at the car park. They'd all try and get a space, first come, first serve. And what would happen would, would was that they would drive up the six story car park, find no space, and then be stuck in traffic all the way down mm. at the same time every morning. And then have to go to another car park that was down, you know, two miles down the road. And that's a huge waste of time. It equated to about 17 minutes on average every single day per employee. Mm. If you multiply this out by, you know, the 1,200 employees that had to go down the road every day, it's an enormous amount of wasted effort and time. And these are highly paid 
uh, employees. And then it probably adds to their stress levels and their able ability to focus and their goodwill during the day and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it probably it's a huge distraction, sets you back. And every day, you're all the rest of the day, you're probably catching up with yourself. God knows what. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, so essentially, we we introduced Park Office to them, and we integrated with their barrier system. And now, what we do is every time the gate occupancy is going up, so when it hits ninety percent, for example, John, you would, and you weren't at the office, you know, you're 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 on your way. It would actually ping you and say, "This car park is ninety percent full." probably best to go to the other car park and give you the Google address for that and nice. one second your way to that car park. So you're saving that 17 minutes daily if you haven't made it on time. And that's the sort of, that's one little piece of smart tech that we're using among many others to make it super easy for large companies to 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 not waste their, their people's time and to improve, you know, to reduce that stress level. And that's the thing, I mean, uh, I, I, I know in the communique you get sent, you describe this as a short-term pivot, but do you think this is a long-term play, actually, when you think about the new normal or whatever new normal is going to look like? <laughs> but you know, whatever 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 life looks like beyond this, like because the reality is also, uh, I think a lot of people who weren't converted to home working in the pre-COVID era will either grudgingly come back to the office in the same numbers. Um, I think what's probably going to happen is companies will have to organize people coming back in on a phase basis or in a constantly spaced out way as well. Uh, because, you know, for example, you're not going to have five or six people bunched into an elevator anymore. You're going to have or a lift anymore. You're going to have to have maybe one person per lift and, you know, a certain amount of people per room. And therefore, it's going to create a whole new dynamic uh, for us until until a, a vaccine is found or something. But the reality is, at least for the, the next six months to a year life as we knew it won't just be we're not going to come back one day and everything's going to be the way it was and mm-hmm. uh, do, do you see park office being part of that new normal yes yes 100 i like i think park office you know which we rolled out 18 months ago was scaling our best month ever was in february um and like I think, you know, when March hit, everything went silent. Every, you know, you everyone could feel the panic. No one knew what was going to happen. And the first thing we did was start to talk to our clients and say, "Look, what what are you doing for phased rollout? What are you thinking for next steps?" And and mm-hmm. listening to to that, and the real answer is nobody really knows what to do. Nobody really knew. There's no plan for this. So. Everyone's trying to figure out and calculate what's the best and safest way back to the office. And so where, you know, an immediate thing that we did was some of our customers asked us, is there any way we could send out a health check survey first thing in the morning? Because we know when they're going to arrive and what time. And so what what a lot of companies are doing is they put in temperature controls but at that time, it's actually nearly too late because the employee's at the office, he's at the door. So it's, you know, common sense would tell you, you really should be trying to get them before they arrive. So we we started this messaging system where, whereas everyone will get a, a push notification message an hour before they arrive or due to schedule to arrive that they've said, uh, they've set. And it will say, how are you feeling today? You know, have you been in contact with anyone uh, suspected of COVID, et cetera, et cetera? Do you feel uh, fever coming on? Like two or three questions. 
but it allows them to answer yes or no and making that decision based on an honor system of how they're feeling. And that actually, we found, has had a dramatic effect on people who are not feeling well. It automatically notifies the HR. It it puts in a precautionary mode uh, of those people that they're able to stay at home. Uh, And at the same time, you know, this isn't something that's going to last forever. Uh, We're going to pull through this. And it's giving people the ability to make it safer for everyone. And, you know, we have to take those extra precautions now. And we found it's a common sense approach to do this before people actually even arrive. So we've offered that out free free for, for every client and uh, for any client that's interested um, as a way to help. Uh, another thing that we're doing is we've, we've built one of the best booking allocation algorithms for parking spaces. But one of the things that it, it also allows for is, is for uh, desks. Ah, so, yeah. I was, yeah. that. I was thinking that because like that's that's going to be something again but when people consider what 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 uh, the new working world will look like in at least in the immediate aftermath of this companies may not have as many offices as they used to have teams will be distributed because people would prefer to work at home or may use uh, working co-working desks in, in these co-working spaces around the country mm-hmm. because they don't do, do a big commute as much but they would like to be sure that they'll get a desk when they turn up and you know that you know adheres to social distancing rules that they're a they're not going to go in and catch something or not be seen as someone who's spreading something you know it's it's about safety it's about it's about you know i think people will probably spend a good portion of their week working at home and may come in for team meetings for example and those days you do come in for team meetings you want to make sure you have a desk and that you know you're not diluting how many people are going to be in the office for example so it's going to be kind of a a balancing act yeah, sure. Like we, we have some clients that are, are actually turning their canteen area into a, a distributed desk area and and numbering desks. And one, one of the ways we help is, you know, when, when people can book in, they don't necessarily have to book in that they're coming in for parking to our system. They can also book in they're coming in for the day or a certain time or a certain hour. And our allocation system can allocate them a desk number. That's that's another way that we're helping. But essentially, John, like our 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 demand for our products, we see as being very relevant in the future. And and the number of demos we've done in the last two weeks alone will stand to that. You know, we we have people are trying to come back to the office and see a future where things will be managed more efficiently and safely. And the the alternative is is really nothing. So. We're one of the first in this space and we're offering a way to manage effectively the way the way in which you can allocate a space for yourself. And uh, companies now are looking for these smart solutions moving forward in the in the uh, let's let's not say the new world. We'll say in 2020 onwards. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I suppose then finally, I uh, just would like to get your thoughts on entrepreneurship in general in Ireland. Like the um, a lot of the recent uh, reports from various whether whether it's Scale Ireland or the IVCA. Uh, yeah. They, they, it's quite grim reading uh, funding levels down I, they say many many scale-ups or startups may only have about six to nine months of cash left until unless things pick up again a lot of these companies were fundamentally strong before all this started i think in in the, the era we're in what's probably going to happen is companies that just had a weak underlying business model or just weren't run particularly well will be exposed perhaps who knows but 
In terms of entrepreneurship, uh, in the midst of this, I, I, still, I still get emails from people who are in college and they're talking about starting a business. And I think, you know, entrepreneurs will always exist. And, you know, you some businesses will work, some will fail. But I think you the, the idea of startups disappearing altogether because of this crisis, I, dis- I disagree with because I think people who have original ideas and spot gaps and markets and markets and gaps will always be there because that's the entrepreneurial instinct. What, what's your thought on this time and what COVID is doing to the current startup ecosystem in Ireland? But your thoughts on entrepreneurship in general in Ireland, how we can better support it? Because the other thing that this time has taught me as well is that Ireland can't just be relying on FDI as the only way. We need to realize that our SMEs, our startups and our scale-ups are very, very important. And whether it's a small company employing five people right up to a scale-up employing 100 people, these are the companies we need to really be making things easier for. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, think, you know, as Winston Churchill the best put it, you know, never waste a good crisis. Um, I I started um, my last business, during the last recession, and I only know that entrepreneurship flurries actually when when uh, when you have the capacity for great change. And like when you when you look at when you look at Ireland, I think we have a huge opportunity to to create some of the world's leading companies from the ground up, or we have that foundation foundational strength um, of of education to to do that, and great people in this country. I I would personally like you know when this happened we we took a second to reflect on how we could help and my co-founder Dan uh, Daniel Paul and I kind of came together and said well how can we help so we we were helping on the park office front offering uh, you know solutions for free but also on a personal front we we started this thing called innovation sessions on a Saturday where young entrepreneurs who were reaching out we would give we, you know we give you know, 30 minutes to 60 minutes every Saturday to talk through their new startup idea and talk through their business struggles. And that's something that we've been doing now the, the, the past couple of months and, and really trying to help young entrepreneurs not fall into the same mistakes. We have maybe helped them with their stress levels or talk them through supports, etc. And I think that's that's something that, that uh, we can help with. But in terms of the broader scope, you know, you, you t- spoke about Scale Ireland. I'm only recently acquainted with them, and I think they're doing some great stuff and uh, and are out to help. So, so I think that's that's great, and it's good to see an initiative like that in Ireland. Um, I think entrepreneurship will never die. You know, entrepreneurship will be as as popular as as plumbing in a few years' time. You know, because people are starting to realize how beneficial it is to follow your dreams, follow your passion. And, and find that sense of 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 creation that I think the, that I think is is amazing and and when you actually experience it uh, yourself you feel everything you've you've put towards it, it is starting to pay off and even if it fails you you still take incredible learnings uh, from it so mm. so that's my prediction I think Ireland has a has a strong future based on the fact we have a strong education system and a strong, you know, we have good people in this country um, to bounce ideas off. And, and and that's my prediction. But I do believe the government can, you know, quite easily make it make a change to um, to improve that situation. You know, I don't see why, for example, we can't have more incentivizing share schemes for employees. Uh, you know, ESOP schemes or tax schemes 
are, are, are tax nonsense in this country. And, you know, they, I don't see why these are not easy things. You know, whoever came up with putting a tax on shares given to employees for their hard work in a startup, I think, you know, it wasn't thinking it through too, too clearly. I, I can't imagine the country's making too much money off of that. No, I'd, I'd imagine that person probably was a career civil servant and not a not a founder. <laughs> so yeah, or, yeah, or it, even these are these are simple things, John, that I would see other countries can benefit of uh, of greatly by implementing, and and Ireland should be one of the four ones at the forefront of innovation as a small island. You know, we should we should definitely do that with a great reach. Brilliant. With that, Garrett, thank you so much for your time. That was a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. And I always, always impressed at your ability to spot a market in the gap and a gap in the market. So uh, keep it up. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.